Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, it's Blot Harris here. Let me tell you something about my booking. These guys have been in business for years. They have a mobile site that's easy to use, and they got great reviews. And if you type in the promo code armchair25, you get to claim up to some bonus money, up to $1,000 in free play. And plus, they match your deposit as well. You know, we got the Masters coming up. Actually, the Masters is happening right now. In fact, it's in day two, so I'm not sure what the hell I'm talking about. NBA playoffs are starting. NHL playoffs are underway. You know, go have some fun. Check out my book. It's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And use the promo code armchair25. So check it out, you guys. Thanks. All right, guys. It's Blood Harris here on the Panther Rants podcast. Now, you know, I've been cutting uh, you know, live ads for my bookie, and obviously they got in some hot water with Barstool, and basically Dave Portnoy is saying some stuff to, about them that really isn't true, and I, I even talked to my bookie themselves, because last thing I want to do is is I recommend a service to you guys that fucks you over. So I really don't want to do that. So you know, in case these sites like it's like FanDuel, if you claim bonus money, they want you to spend it. So until the, you know you you fulfilled that, you know you know you can't really withdraw your money, and that's like that with any other online gambling site. So you know, be sure to read the rules and stuff. Is all I can tell you. That's pretty much what I do. Anyways, guys, happy Friday to you. I can't wait to get it. Well, I have to, I'm on my way to work, but I can't wait for the day to be over. I'm sure you guys can't either. For me, I'm getting on the get on the freeway here. And this guy let me out, and you know what? It's a shame he didn't go to Chick Fil A like I did. Otherwise, I'd have bought his breakfast for him. You know, yesterday my daughter had a birthday party. She turned seven. And um, we accrued a whole bunch of Chuck E. Cheese gift cards over the time. And, you know, the bill, I mean, everything paid for itself. You know, I enjoy Chuck E. Cheese, and you know, one of my guys said on the uh, mentions, he said, uh, "Yo, that's great, but have fun Chuck E. Cheese, but make sure you take your daughter with you to celebrate, you know, to celebrate her birthday." (laughs) And I laughed because, yeah, I know there's we love the games. You know, I mean, you eat pizza and you play freaking games. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it can be pricey, but for me. I think, you know, it was, the from what was great about, you know, 
yesterday was that Chuck E. Cheese was, was literally empty. And it's probably because people haven't got paid yet. And it's a school night as well. So we had a little that working for us. Yeah. I think for me, the tip is always, if you're going to do it, if you're going to take your kids to Chuck E. Cheese on the weekend, where it's not a birthday party or none of that crap's going on, my recommendation is to do it, like, say, if you're doing it on a Saturday or Sunday, do it when Chuck E. Cheese first opens. That is your best bet. Because when they first... Because here's the thing. Everybody's asleep at that time. Still. Or they're just, you know, they're just waking up. But here, you get there, you're ahead of the game. And you got the Florida Explorer. And, you know, your kids get to enjoy a lot of it. Until everybody wakes up and starts pouring in. So, yeah, I mean, you can get at least a good hour in. And then you can, you know, tell your kids, hey, we got to go. It's starting to fill up. Well, you don't tell them it's going to fill up. You just tell them, hey, we got to go. And you know what? If you already ate or whatever. Or just take them to the park when you're done. You You know, if it's not raining, of course. But um, let's get to some other stuff here. Uh, the top thing of the day. Aaron Donald made a seven-figure donation to the University of Pittsburgh's Athletic Fund. I guess it's some... Well, it's called a different name than that, but... I mean, look at... I mean, think about this. I mean, Aaron Donald didn't have to donate seven figures to, our, you know, to the fund at all. He just cat, and I'm sure maybe it's because he cashed in and whatnot. You know, he got that big contract, but the fact that he did that is awesome. And here's a guy, obviously, that's grateful for the opportunity he was given at Pitt, and he knows what it's led to. He's now one of the top players in the NFL. On top of that. I mean, the guy came in and made a splash. And he got paid on top of it. I mean, the guy's just, he's awesome. So the the, uh, the first floor of the, the complex he works at, works out at Pitt. Because that's, that's the thing about Aaron. Aaron li- lives and breathes Pitt. I mean, the guy comes in in the offseason and works out of pit. So, these year on spring drills, you see him working out. And that's the awesome thing about having a guy like Aaron Donald is he's there, and I'm sure he's passing down his advice to a lot of these other underclassmen. And it's, you know, to have that, you know, I, I said help. Build that on-campus stadium and name it after his ass. I mean, it just... I'm, 
I'm blown away, guys. It's awesome. And on top of that, guys, we've got the spring game tomorrow. It's at 1 o'clock. Uh, it's at Heinz Field. I think uh, gates open at noon. If you're a Panther Club member, you get to get in at 11.30, just as long as you got your ID pass. So, enjoy that. And I think after, and plus, after the game, I believe there's going to be like an autograph session as well. So you get, to, you get to talk to the players and things like that. So that's kind of, you know, that's, you know, you know, pit out, you know, pit takes care of their, uh, their fans usually, these type of things. So go have fun, guys. Enjoy it. I know Slavia will be making the trip there. Be safe. Hopefully you guys get some good weather as well. You need it. You deserve it. As long as all this pollen and this other crap goes away. But as far as the springing goes, like I said, a lot of areas concerned. Running back, offensive line, obviously, is another concern as well. We, you know, we've lost guys on that. You know, we get to see how Dave Borbley, how he gets these, gets these guys ready. So, you know, there's some things to look forward to. I mean, receiver, obviously, last year, it was kind of unknown at this this time because nobody really stepped up. Plus, we had guys hurt. But uh, I'm feeling good about the receiving core right now, the, what we have. But I like to see some, you know, see some more guys step in and get the best of all worlds. And we get to see uh, how Whipple does the offense. I mean, does he keep it vanilla? Or does he show us some some looks? Who knows? But, you know, we'll see. I'm also looking forward to the defense. I mean, they came on towards the end of the year. and I'm looking to see how they picked up from last year. I mean, yeah, sure, last year they had their moments. But they started to keep on. And I think what also helped them was the fact that, you know, they we were moving the ball thanks to our running game. Passing game is a huge concern. I mean, I can't pick it on. I don't, even, I don't think he even broke two thousand yards passing. I mean, that's a lot of times it doesn't really matter, but because stats on everything. But um, if you're scoring thirty five points a game running the ball, that's I mean, hey, I can I can uh, I take that any day, but. Still, though, you worry about the passing game because sometimes there's be times where your your running game isn't going to put up those yardage or, or those uh, those points, and you're going to lean your passing game to do it, and that's what we need. Which is what really hurt us against Clemson was the fact that we couldn't, uh, you know, our passing game sucked, and we really couldn't really do anything. It was useless. So, let's hope for uh, better things. Also, uh, Pitt Women's Tennis. Brian Backo wrote an article in the Post-Gazette this week about the women's tennis closing at their last season. I mean, when Pitt announced they were closing the sport, I I was a little, you know, for me, I was like, they're ending tennis. I mean, 
is it that really that big of a drain of a budget to close it? So, um, you know, one thing that was mentioned in the article was, I guess, that when they announced this whole Panther Complex thing, women's te- you know, the whole women's tennis wasn't really included. So I, you know, I feel bad for them. You know, the, there's nothing more worse than when you we're announcing big plans for your athletic department and of course you're left out in the cold you know it's pretty much at that point you feel like you're just a temp and well there you go you know they're you know they felt like temps obviously and really you know, what really hurt was, I guess, for them was the fact that there was no interaction, no sense of concern from the athletic department. In fact, their final home game, which they had to travel 20 miles to Wexford to freaking play. I mean, let's think about that for a moment. They got to travel 20 miles to Wexford to play their home games. No offense, but that's ridiculous. I mean, we couldn't find them, you know. We couldn't find them somewhere on campus to play. I don't get it. Or maybe, you know, I'm just not seeing it. But if they're traveling all that way to play a home game, that's ridiculous. So... The, you know, for for you know the athletic department not to show up to the last home game, you know that's that's kind of a slap in the face. I would hope that they would address that, but I or or make it better, but I don't know if they will. It just you know, I think it's more it's one of those things where you know, say like you know you're in a company like for my you know for instance for me and you know one of the, one of the uh, companies I worked at. We had a new director come in, and basically, he told me that in his organizations, when he takes over, he's lucky if, he's lucky if maybe like 5% or 10% of the people, original people, stay in his company. He said usually 90, 95% of them leave, or sometimes all of them leave. So... You know, we, um, he took over and we did a lot of work for him and things were going smoothly then. It was weird. Things just, you know, his, his demeanor towards us changed and he, he started bringing in people and of course, what was weird about it was he was doing a lot of like, um, I guess passive stuff and he was basically, basically letting his own people get away with murder to a point where it drove people to quit. And the ones that stayed on, he did stuff to um, to make them leave, which, you know, I was one of them. And it was crazy because, you know, I thought we were, you know, really, um, you know, we, we were on good terms. But uh, he, he cut my position, put me somewhere else, basically told me to take this job or leave and 
at the time I had two kids, so I can't leave. So I, I, I was stuck at that job, and I think from that time on until I quit, me and him never interacted with each other at all. There was no hi, how you doing? And that's you know, it wasn't until I left, you know, he actually you know had one to sit and talk with me. So I'll I'll at least give him that. If anything, he probably sat me, sat down and we talked, probably because he didn't want me leaving with a bad you know with me having bad opinions of him. And regardless, I wouldn't have had bad opinions of him because I know how the I know how the business and job world works. You don't want to go and uh, burn bridges, even though, even if they even if somebody's already burned them. If you need to find another job somewhere else. You don't want word being spread. Because people do talk to people. But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I guess he was expecting to leave at that point. And that's why he didn't speak to me. And I guess this, maybe why, this is why with her like, it's like, you know, what do you, what do you do when you're, when you cut an apartment and you tell them before their season? How do you handle it? I mean, do you bring, you know, cookies and stuff for them every practice and say, hey, you know, we're just, you know, we're just giving this stuff to you guys because, you know, we know you're really, we have to cut this thing. I, I guess at the end of the day, the, what the women's tennis wanted was, you know, we just for them to come by and say thank you. Do something for them. But uh, they have, you know, I think two regular season games left and they're on the road and they have the, the tournament. So I think before the end of the, you know, before the end, we should probably give them a shout. Now let's get to some other, other stuff here. The NCAA tournament concluded on Monday. And you know what, this, was, this tournament was probably one of the best tournaments we've had in a long time. And I, you know, and to be honest with you, I mean, you know, all tournaments have been good. It's just this one, the whole body of work was, was, it was excellent. You had a slew of Sweet 16 games that were, Sweet 16 games that were awesome. The Elite Eight was awesome, and the Final Four was awesome. And on top of that, the Finals was awesome. Everything about this tournament was just freaking good. I'm sure we didn't have a Cinderella. But you know what? We kind of did because you know what? We had Texas Tech came out of nowhere. And nobody expected the UVA and Texas Tech in the, fi- in the finals. Nobody did. There was no blue blood. So you know what? The, the people complained about that, that there were no blue bloods. But you know what? They can go watch the Well, they can't watch LeBron because he's hurt. I don't know what they can do. You know... Zion went out, and, you know, that, those things happen. But this was just, you know, if you love, if you love really good basketball, this was the, this was the definite tournament you had to watch. And you know, we all thought that this was going to be a defensive struggle, but they did, pre, they did pretty well scoring. And I know, I think the one sour note was the, uh, was the reverse call, was the call where the. Uh, they reviewed the, uh, you know, the out of bounds, and it was. It, they determined it went on Texas Tech, and it was it was very close. People thought she went to UVA, but 
I think regardless of that review, I think I think UVA would have still won the game anyway. Because they've been through so much and they dealt with so much adversity that nothing was gonna stop them. So you know, hats off to them. I mean this was you know great tournament. Great you know, great final four and great finals. I mean it was it was awesome. I mean, I, I hey, if this is what the future of college basketball is going to be, hey, I'm all for stuff like this. I'm all for it. Hell, I'll take it. All right, now on top of that, the coaching carousel. Ah, uh, see, so UCLA hired Mick Cronin. So Cronin goes to us uh, from Cincinnati to UCLA, and uh, you know. It, for me, I thought the uh, the whole hiring was a bit curious because the, because Mick Cronin, he's more of an uh, Eastern guy. He was that Cincinnati initially under Huggins, and he bounced around. I believe he was a, he was at Murray State before he ended up at um, at Cincinnati. He was in Cincinnati for a long time, over a decade, because the guy had to really rebuild that program because. Since they slashed and burned it when Bob, you know, when Bob Huggins left, I mean, they fired Huggins before the season began over his DUI. And I remember a bunch of donors pulled out. I think some sponsors pulled out too. They had a bunch of guys transfer, but and um, before the season, they had a a bench. I remember that was very short. They did pretty well. They did pretty well for the season. Eddie Kennedy did a hell of a job coaching them. And I think they should have made the tournament store regardless, but they you know, they didn't. I mean they had some really good they had a really good team. They had some some really good core players. It just they lost a lot of depth before the season even began. And it took Cronin forever to repair to repair those relationships and put that program back. And he's got them winning in the, the AAC still. It's just that um, he can't get out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. So he's, you know, he's going to go to UCLA, and I'm sure if he can get get the players that he needs, maybe he does a little better. I mean, that's why I figured about Jamie. If he could, you know, I figured Jamie wanted to win a championship. So why not go to UCLA where you'll get those players to do that. So I'm curious how Mick Cronin does. I mean, I'm looking. For, I mean, if not, I'm looking forward to him uh, dominating the regular season and then getting bounced by the AEC team in the second round you know, in, in, in the first week of the NCAA tournament because that's probably what's going to happen. And on top of that, Frank Martin is supposed to be a candidate for the um, Cincinnati job, so he would go from South Carolina to Cincinnati. I don't mind that pick. I think it's a good idea. Although he's been to a Final Four, West Coast, South Carolina, I believe. But uh, I'm not. Sh- but th- I'm not sure. I think it's curious to me. If anything, I think Frank Martin probably, if he, you know, if he's a serious candidate, maybe he uses his job to leverage an extension. Who knows? Because it's worked for Rick Barnes. 
big raise to stay at Tennessee. Jamie Dixon did get a big raise because they already they gave him an extension last year. And if anything for him, I mean, he did do a press release about the whole thing because the whole the whole mess was handled poorly. Because basically, if anything, all he had to say was, you know what, this job is close to home. But you know, my family, my wife's family's from from California. If there was any job that I was going to leave TCU for was UCLA because. I think, you know, I think Jamie was sincere about staying in TCU for life. I don't think he banked on UCLA calling him. Ever calling him. So, when you, you know, when, when they call you, you go. I mean, that's just how it goes. And he tried to go. And, unfortunately, TCU didn't want to pay his uh, buyout. Or he said he would pay his buyout. And, you know, that sucks. But, hey, he still got a job. That's all that matters. Right? On top of that, Magic Johnson stepped down. Luke Walton is going to be probably available here. So I'm sure UCLA is probably thrilled with that. Because Luke, Luke Walton, I guess, is going to be a, um, you know, on the market. I'm not sure where he goes. Another NBA job, maybe, or, or maybe he goes somewhere else. Who knows? So we'll have to keep tabs on that. You know, Chris Bowen stepped out of St. John's. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Yeah, I definitely don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, St. John's has been broken for a while. You know, after, you know ever since Jarvis left, they've had a hard time staying above water. And, I mean, they've had their moments. But, uh... I don't think St. John's is ever going to re- recapture how they were in the Big East in the 80s. I mean, the, I mean the, conf- the way the conference is now, the, the opportunity is there for them, but I just don't see it happen. I mean, Chris Mullen was a really curious hire in itself. And they just barely got the tournament. And that, and that team was supposedly really talented. He just barely got them the tournament. And I guess supposedly he wanted to bring in Mike Rice. And if he'd have brought Mike Rice, that would have saved his job. Because Mike Rice is a hell of a recruiter, hell of an assistant coach. It's just that that whole Rutgers thing. Is what is uh, hurting Mike Rice right now from getting another another high-profile job. But I think, you know, Mike Rice... After all this time, I think that deserves another chance. You know, years have passed. I'm sure he's learned. Because, you know, <clears throat> I don't think... As far as Eric Murdoch goes, I don't think he's ever found a job ever since blowing the whistle at uh, St. John's. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for, you know... A lot of that, a lot of the carousel stuff. But um, as far as the rest of the stuff goes, obviously there's some more AB drama. You know, Rashard Mendenhall 
jumped in the circus yesterday and made some comments about Ben, and I think he ba- he backed up his comments after that. He was given basically, you know, like a hypothetical, where he said that maybe because Ben's a racist, maybe he's black. And, you know, as one person mentioned out, that's probably what, um, you know, what maybe El- what maybe Antonio Brown was alluding to when he said owner's mentality. I don't know. All I know at the end of the day is Antonio Brown is in Oakland now. Where he tweets and <clears throat> basically gets reactions out of people. And I think if people would just leave him alone... And just let it, leave them be. We wouldn't have the stuff popping up on our timelines, and people are always and people are obviously are trash in Mendenhall now because of um, the fumble in the Super Bowl. But Ben didn't have a lot of that great of a game either, and he threw a freaking pick six. He threw two picks in that game, and t- one of them was a pick six to start the game off. So you can't tell you blame Mendenhall for the fumble. Sure, it was a critical point in the game where the Steers had, I mean, it was, Steers had momentum at that point. But uh, Green Bay supposedly had that play stuffed out. And unfortunately, he fumbled. They ha- It happens. So, I don't really, you know, I don't hold any ill will towards Bashar Mendenhall over a fumble. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a Super Bowl. It's just a game. If anything, we would have got seven rings and we get, we get the whole God seven and whatnot. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't move us. It shouldn't. But anyways, guys, <clears throat> enjoy the Masters. It's coming up. In fact, it's here. I, I I think I'm saying it's coming up because usually these 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 rounds here aren't really televised. But science Sunday will be here, and before you know it, <clears throat> Sunday you'll get the piano music that little, you know, and of course Jim Nance doing his soft voice. Oh, the Masters tradition like no other. Yes. Tiger is minus three today. He's had a really good tournament. Oh, Jordan Spieth. He struggled in recent times, but wow, yeah, he he's shooting a he's shooting a minus five today. Uh, Phil Mickelson. This is his eight thousandth Masters. We all remember that tournament he won, you know, nine years ago. And yeah, he should a plus three. Yeah. So let's go get, see. Let's go to the 18th green and see what the, who's shooting there. That's basically what you're going to get with a Masters for the most part. Is you know that stuff there. And of course the green jacket ceremony. So <clears throat> enjoy the Masters if you're not already. NBA playoffs are starting up. We'll talk about that this you know coming up and who I like 
Hell to pick, guys. Have a good weekend.